Hi everyone, Jose here. Just a quick note before we start. Uh, unfortunately, we were beset by human error, that human being me, and uh, by technical gremlins while recording this episode. That means that the audio quality on our chat with Janae from interest.co.nz is not great, and I apologise for that. But it's an interesting chat, and you can still understand her, so on balance, I decided to leave it in rather than deprive you of her insights. So again, sorry for that. We're working to make sure it doesn't happen again. Enjoy the episode, and have a great weekend. You're listening to a Sharesies podcast. It is the 15th of October. Welcome to Recap, made for you by Sharesies. And in case you don't know, Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Behold the financial disclaimer! Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Hi, Alice. Hey, Jose. Do you have anything exciting planned for the weekend? We are going to a beach. We're going to walk along that beach. We're going to go see some takahe. Lovely. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we're going, we're, we're going to get out there. Obviously, I'm in Auckland, so we're sort of shut up a little bit in the lockdown. What about you, Alice? Um, I'm going out for dinner tonight, so I feel a bit bad telling you that, given you know you you can't no, you don't have those liberties good. yet. But um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But of course, it is Friday, and as we often do on Fridays, we have a guest on the show. So later, we'll be talking to Janae Tibshrani. She's from Interest.co.nz, and we'll be chatting about the recent official cash official cash rate decision that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand made last week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that chat. So, Alice, you but to start off with you're talking about A2 Milk, right? I sure am. So A2 Milk shareholders may have been pleased to see the company's share prices risen about 11% over this past week. Now that's at the time of recording. Um, But the company hasn't made any major announcements in a little while, so I thought I'd take time to explain what's going on and why this is happening to its share price. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Cool. Okay, so I'll get into it. Uh, well, as background, A2 Milk Company is a premium dairy company based here in Aotearoa and is listed on both the Australian and New Zealand stock exchanges. Now, we have talked on Recap before about how A2 Milk has had what they've described as a challenging year, to say the least. Mm, perhaps you could give us a bit of a refresh on what's been going on. Yeah, so in A2 Milk's full year results uh, released back in August, A2 Milk's revenue fell 30% for the year to $1.2 billion. And on top of that, their net profit fell just under 80% to $81 million. Now, in a nutshell, A2 Milk experienced lower demand than expected for their products in China, which is one of their major markets. And on top of that, they've had uh, troubles with their supply chains being significantly disrupted with the pandemic. And with this, and over the course of about the past year, A2 Milk share price has actually fallen a fair bit, right? Yeah, so A2 Milk share price peaked at about $20 or $21 back in July last year. And since then, it's fallen to around a low of $6 in May this year. And this has even led to a class action uh, from A2 Milk shareholders against the company, right? It sure has. And we chatted about that um, on Recap last week. But you said that the share price has bounced back a bit now? 
Yeah, so just in this week alone, A2 Milk's share price has risen about 11%. Uh, but as I said before, the company hasn't actually made any major announcements, which has left some people wondering, well, what's going on with the share price? Well, I'm absolutely confident that you have the answer, or are you just going to leave us wondering? Uh, well, yeah, I, <laughs> the reason for the movements this week has actually um, come from an announcement that one of A2 Milk's competitors made. So mm. in particular, this company is called Bubs Australia. They sell infant um, formula and baby food and are listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. Now, in their latest quarterly results released this week, Bubs reported something that has given A2 Milk investors a bit of optimism. Right. So what, what was that? So Bubs reported a big improvement in their sales through something called the Daigoo. What on earth is the Daigoo? Uh, well, the literal translation means buying on behalf of, or at least what, that's what Google Translate told me. <laughs> right. uh, but the, the Daigo is a type of sales channel. It literally involves people buying and selling international products on behalf of customers in mainland China. So how do they do that? So Daigu, as these professional shoppers or syndicates are called, they typically buy goods in regions outside of China and then take them to China to get them to their end users. So for the likes of A2 Milk, this would involve people buying their infant formula in Australia uh, or New Zealand and, and taking it like physically to China. Now this could be through posting the goods or even taking them in like luggage on aeroplanes. Oh, wow. But note that this is like a recognised um, formal sales channel. Um, the companies refer to it and everything. What, that's really fascinating. So, but, but why is this relevant to A2 Milk? Well, remember how I said before that one of the um, things that have been causing A2 Milk some headaches was supply chain disruptions with COVID? Mm. Well, A2 Milk uses the Daigoo as one of the export methods to get their products into China. So when borders around the world closed due to the pandemic and international travel ground to a halt, that essentially dried up that entire Daigoo channel for A2 Milk, um, among other companies, and like they couldn't get their products to China through that way. But that's changing now? So specifically, Bub said that their sales for infant formula through the Daigoo increased 6.5 times compared to this time last year and was up 265% from the last quarter. Now, this is generally given A2 Milk investors a bit of hope or optimism that the company's own issues with the Daigoo are now behind it. But know that there's been no official word from A2 Milk itself uh, and know that th this wasn't the only challenge that the company has been facing. But it can explain the rallying behind A2 Milk shares over the past week. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Thank you very much, Alice. So you're going to be talking about a tech company that's made something of a splash on the NASDAQ this week, right, Jose? Yes, I am. So uh, an outfit called GitLab began trading for the first time this week, and it exceeded expectations in its initial public offering. It had priced its stock at 77 American dollars, and then said it would probably sell shares between 66 and 69 dollars each. Well, the stock opened and closed on 103 dollars at 89 cents, which took its market cap to 14.9 billion dollars. Okay, so what exactly is Git, GitLab? It sounds like a very like substandard Monty Python joke. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm reliably told that developers love their acronyms. But so, the, so a lot of this uh, this description involves some very technical code development and programming know how. But from what I understand, 
uh, GET stands for Global Information Tracker. It's basically a program that tracks changes to your source code, which is really important because when you're coding on particularly on big uh, projects, it gets super complicated. So you want to be able to go back and see what has been changed and who's made that change. Now, GitLab is a management platform for Git. It makes it easier to use it and adds functionality in a bunch of different ways. But um, you know, putting all that aside, the TLDR is they provide uh, collaboration tools for development, but also for building and deploying that code securely. Cool. Thanks for that overview. You definitely broke that down a lot. I, a lot of like programming and coding type stuff goes over my head. Um, but I thought I'd point out that that acronym that you use, TLDR, that stands for too long didn't read. I only recently learned that like a couple of months ago. Well, we, we all learn every day. No, exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad you got your, you're up to speed now. <laughs> but anyway, so getting back to GitLab, mm. uh, is, is it the only company doing this type of thing? Yeah, uh, no, there are other players. Probably the biggest competitor is GitHub, which Microsoft bought in 2018 for $7.5 billion. And the other is a firm called Bitbucket. Okay, so how much money did GitLab raise through its initial public offering? Yeah, so they actually managed to raise $801 million. The uh, co-founder and CEO sold his stake in the company, which is almost 2 million shares. And it's been reported that according to the IPO price, he would have made somewhere around $152 million. Okay, and do we know why GitLab decided to go public? Yeah, so the company says it wanted to raise working capital, but mainly the aim uh, was to provide a public market for its shares and to raise the profile of the company. Okay, and in a bid to ease inflationary pressures last week, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand raised the official cash rate to 0.5%. It's the first time the OCR has risen since 2014, and the Reserve Bank is among the, among the first central banks in the developed world to do so in the current climate. Now that the dust has settled, we thought it was a good time to look back at the decision, how people have reacted to it, and what the impacts might be. Yeah, so for Casual Friday, we thought we'd talk to Janae Tribshraney, excuse me. She is a journalist for interest.co.nz, and we began by asking her how the economy has reacted since the Reserve Bank's announcement. All right, so yes, a big, exciting day for people like myself who watches the Reserve Bank. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The decision was widely expected by markets and by economists. So um, the market reaction, perhaps, it was was something that everyone had Mm. expected. Um, But actually, banks, retail banks, were so ready for this decision that as soon as the Reserve Bank made the announcement, within minutes, we saw some banks raise mortgage rates and raise term deposit rates. Um, they were expecting it, so, so that's what they did. But a lot of them didn't raise it by the, the same sort of amount that the Reserve Bank raised the official cash rate. But so, yes, so people who are seeking mortgages now or have some savings and might like to get something for their term deposits, those rates will be a, a wee bit higher. Great. And so, um, as you said, this move was very expected by the markets. Um, you know, economists were forecasting the increase, but how's sentiment sort of been, um, particularly given the fact that Auckland in particular is still being really impacted by lockdowns? Yeah, look, that, that's a good question. People are probably thinking, well, the, the economy isn't exactly booming. People in Auckland are in lockdown. Um, how is it that the Reserve Bank could raise the rate? But 
what the Reserve Bank looks at, its mandate is to look at the inflation rate and the level of employment. And both of those metrics are at the target levels that the Reserve Bank wants them, which is why it, it went ahead with the hike. Um, and right, so that inf inflation, which is one of the key ones, the reason inflation is quite high is partly because uh, demand is up, and that's because over the past year and a half, the government has provided heaps of support and stimulus through the wage subsidy and so on, and also because the Reserve Bank slashed those interest rates um, and did some figurative money printing, which um, helped people service their mortgage, increase the value of people's houses and also their shares, so people felt wealthier, so they, they went out and spent. So there was that demand um, that was, you know, we all went out shopping and that helped lift prices. The tricky thing, though, is on the supply side, and that is the cost of um, of getting goods in is higher. That's oil prices are up. It's proving to be quite um, expensive to ship goods around the world. Um, there's like hold up at hold up hold ups at ports and so on, and that is also pushing prices up. So two two things there. Um, and that is what the Reserve Bank focuses on, and that's why it um, lifted the official cash rate. So that kind of presents quite an interesting situation because people sitting in Auckland thinking, well, our businesses aren't open. It's not exactly like things are going great. Um, actually, that mortgage relief is really helpful. It's helpful having interest rates lower because we need it because we might have had our incomes cut or whatever. Why on earth is the, is the Reserve Bank pushing on with this hike? But the Reserve Bank is very worried that if inflation really sort of picks up, um, it can be quite hard to contain. And we all know that it's a pretty, it might be a daunting prospect. A lot of us, it, it's not something that we've had to deal, deal with in our lifetimes or in our adult lifetimes. But if inflation does really ramp up, I mean, that, that really hurts kind of the lowest income people um, disproportionately. And, and the Reserve Bank is worried that might not be able to get a handle on it. So, so that's kind of what prompted the decision. Uh, another thing that's happened just this week is that the government released their financial accounts. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so the financial accounts are for the year from July 2020 to June 2021. And for that period, the accounts looked really good. Uh, Treasury in May was expecting a deficit of about $15 billion. And it actually, the deficit came in at just under $5 billion, 4.6, I think it was. So that was much better than was expected. Um, and obviously, politicians got up and it gave them an opportunity, Grant Robertson, to say, look how well the economy recovered, look how well that bounce back was from the 2020 lockdown. And, you know, that's true. But the reality is, is that um, those results come on the back of a seismic amount of monetary and fiscal stimulus. So that's help from the Reserve Bank and help from the government. So in the prior year, um, the, the government paid out $12 billion in wage subsidies. In the year that was the subject of these accounts, only about $1 billion of wage subsidies were paid out. So the, the expenses uh, on the government's books were much lower but last, but that year that we're talking about, we saw all the benefit come through of that huge $12 billion of wage subsidies. Currently with Delta, which is the period not counted in those results, it's about $3 billion in wage subsidies. So it's a wee bit higher, not as high as that 12. Also in that period um, that is of interest, uh, we had 
the Reserve Bank slash those interest rates, which, as I was saying before, makes them feel more wealthy, lower mortgaging, mortgage servicing costs. Um, and interestingly, the, the government's net worth went up as well because the government also owns shares and owns land, you know, with all its um, state housing properties, for example. And the New Zealand Super Fund and also ACC, they have huge uh, investment portfolios. And its net worth actually went up by 34% in one year, which is oh, wow. yeah. quite amazing. So the government, uh, you know, benefited as well from this uh, crazy amount of stimulus. And that's what was reflected in those results. But, I mean, looking ahead, quite a different environment. Uh, we've got at the Reserve Bank and other central banks around the world looking to remove that monetary stimulus by hiking interest rates. They're no longer um, buying debt, like doing figurative money printing, buying bonds on the secondary market. That's quantitative easing. That's stopped. Interest rates going up. And also, I, I do think the government might be a bit more prudent with the way that it spends money to try to boost the economy. As I said before, the wage subsidy payments with this Delta outbreak have already been quite a bit lower than with last year's lockdown. And, you know, Treasury and the Reserve Bank are starting to talk more about um, getting the books back in shape and not, you know, trying to reduce the amount of debt that the government issues. So I, I, look, at, I look at the year as a bit of a Goldilocks year, really, the year that the sugar hit was felt from the previous year. Um, from all that stimulus. I'm not sure how things are looking going ahead, and especially as with COVID, um, we, we need to learn to live with COVID in the community, unfortunately. And, you know, what that means for consumer confidence and for business confidence is, is yet to be seen. So even if restrictions are lifted, are people still going to want to travel, go on holidays, spend money? Who knows how people are going to feel? Are they might they stay home? They're, they're just a bit scared, not go out so much. I mean, th these things are yet to be seen, and so I, I think that, that that year was potentially a bit of an anomaly, actually. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, that was a really uh, fascinating chat with Janae. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether, yeah, last year or so wasn't an anomaly, as I've said. <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm just so stunned by the by the chat. Anomaly. Anomaly. Yeah. There thank you. Go. you. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that 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 rings true. And what also is ringing true is that it's the end of this episode, and therefore the end of the week. Thank you so much for listening. That was recap for the fifteenth of October. And I say this pretty much every day, um, but please consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps um, other people find Recap. Yeah, uh, Alice wouldn't say it every day if it wasn't true. And <laughs> don't forget, it's back Saturday tomorrow. Whether it's been three weeks since your first shot or you're yet to get any shots whatsoever, please consider getting vaccinated. And you'll be helping keep yourself and those around you safe. And at the very least, you'll probably get a free sausage out of it. Uh, that would sell me on it, to be honest. Uh, there's a link to a list of vaccination centres in the episode description. Have a great weekend. Hey, Telahina. See you Monday. Bye.